They should really like She didn't give us you. a jingle, but I can, you know, we can we can we can make that happen. Okay. No, Good. we will. Yeah. We will. Okay. Yeah. So by the next <laughs> no, episode, gonna we're gonna have Michelle sing us in. Pressure. Cool. Great. Um <laughs> even though I just introduced her, she can introduce herself again. So for y'all who are first time listeners, my name is Kelly. Um I tired of giving y'all my handles. If you don't follow me by now, you missing out on some quality content. <laughs> I'm telling you, like quality. Immediately, to I would be like you. <laughs> yeah, please, I not popping on social media. Me neither. Yeah. I'm just what? trying to hype myself up. Immediately to my right, I have. It is I, Michelle in the flesh, at Shell Knowles, or at nothing at all. If you don't care, you know. You I'm here though. Nice to meet y'all. And immediately to her right. Well, y'all already know it's the fairy boss mother. Back at it again with the back at it again. She don't have no name. It's just fairy boss mother. Correct. <laughs> Moving forward. <laughs> FYI, Amanda hit me. She punching me in my head with the mic. So. I'm trying to be accommodating. That's the attitude you on today. <laughs> so lucky for y'all today, we have a guest in the gal's cave. Uh, he goes by the name of Chris Davis. Let him say it. Oh. Hi, Christopher Davis. (laughs) Christopher Davis. How's everybody doing? We're good, Christopher. How are you today? I'm I'm great, and thanks for having me. Oh, we are so delighted that you are here with us. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Mr. Davis. How what you do, or whatever. Well, uh, a lot of people know me um, for playing sports at first. You know, I'm one of the pioneering players of the beach soccer program that recently um, rose up here. Mm-hmm. But now I'm dedicated to something else, and that's uh, African history, I guess you could put it in that way. But um, I'm also a devout um, Pan-Africanist, pro-black, black internationalist, whatever you want to call me. And um, that's what I deal with. I My day job, I work at the Antiquities Monuments Museum Corporation. I'm stationed at the Pompeii. Antiquities, Monuments, and Museums Corporation. Most people know it as the National Museum Corporation of there the Bahamas. Yeah, most people know so it as like, that. But that's, that's the official one. name? Yeah, yeah. So that's the official is, name, yeah. I worked there for a summer, you know. I think I did a little summer thing there a couple of years. You did a little summer you thing. You can't see that you got a summer summer <laughs> in the museum, <laughs> man. See, that was, Everyone I was had a different ministry. Michelle yeah. working at the museum. No, I, I was under them, ministry. so they placed Until me at the fort. I'm the interpreter mm-hmm. at Pompeii Museum, and I'm also a researcher so at the corporation. To the can't? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. and I break it down to them, and I give them an unapologetic interpretation of Black Bahamian history. That's essentially what I do on a daily basis. School kids as well, when they come through, I, you know, you teach them a little bit about themselves, as I like to say. And even when teachers and those do work, we do workshops with them as well. You know, all the ways that a museum should function in a country. I just wish that more Bahamians would come and visit. I was about to say, when you want us come? Whenever you're already. Yeah, whenever you're already. When you're doing tours and stuff, do you ever get people like heckling you and trying to tell you like different versions of history? And yeah, it actually, yeah, it actually happens quite frequently. I had a woman who was a, uh, she was actually a prosecutor. Turn judge. No, 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 no. I was going to say prosecutor (laughs) turned uh, judge. And she was telling me, she was pretty much trying to imply that the United States justice system is completely fair towards black people. What? Yeah, completely. Which United States would that be? The one that we live about 50 miles away from. Yeah, that same one. one. That same one, yeah. Where Trump Trump is the president. That's the one she means. Co and Tell Pro, MK wow. Ultra, oh, all, okay. the, all that stuff. And their mm-hmm. justice, justice, justice system, system is in favor of black people. It's, it's fair. It's fair to black, fair to black people. Ah, yeah. fair. Historically fair. and wow. currently. Oh, yeah. So that was a pretty bad exp- wow. That was a no pretty bad color. one. I had, I had someone from Australia who lives here 
You know what I mean? I ain't gonna call no names and nothing like that. I don't really know his name, but he, he told me he lives here. And he blatantly told me, well, if we in Australia were populated by criminals, how is it that black people in the Bahamas and in Africa and in Jamaica can't just pull their socks up and get it done? Ah, <laughs> ah, that's it. That one I handled uh, a little less gracefully. You know what I mean? I get actually what done exactly? Exa- that's, that was actually the first thing I said. I said, get what, what done exactly? You know, and I just started to educate him a little bit about Australian history. You know, and the Aboriginals and pretty and Tasmania, where they wiped out every single one of them, mm. as happened in the Bahamas. I mean, you know we, what I yeah, mean? I was about so, to say we too. yeah, you know, so well, not really us. It's yeah. the Spanish, <laughs> but still, you know. So sometimes I do get that. Sometimes I even get Bahamians who say they don't agree with my interpretation, and that I'm biased. And then I'd be like, bias. I'm, I'm say I'm an African Bahamian. I'm telling that side of the story, and I make it clear that that's where I'm coming from. Mm. You know, and we've always, as we can all agree, I'm sure, we've always had this new colonial, colonial version of education. And being a person of Kid Island roots and always hearing all the bad things about Kid Island and then starting to discover some of the things historically about Kid Island, about places like Haiti, about places like New Orleans and Baton Rouge in the United States, places like Bahia, Brazil, and all of these places were revolutionary, you know, strongholds of African cultures, vanguard of revolutionary action. Mm-hmm the most honorable of actions, you know, and the little locals that they were located in. Yeah. So that's what inspired me to get into all of this. It's kind of my great awakening that took about 10 years to happen. So this <laughs> yeah. inspired your black mobility program called yeah. African... Obube. Obube. Yeah, which is Igbo for glory. That's all it is. Okay. All you right. know, and a lot of us come from um, the ethnic groups that speak that language. So that's why we chose it. Um, much so of the... That's Nigerian language. Yeah, Nigerian. It's one of the many languages in Nigeria. And even within that language, they have many different broken down dialects and stuff within it. Nigeria is actually the most diverse country in terms of ethnicity and languages spoken in the world. You know, but I chose that language because, as you know, a lot of people unofficially call our language Gullo or Gishi. And much of the Gullo and Gishi come. Oh, Yeah, the Gullo and Gishi. And much of them come from that kind of strain. You know, that's where many of them came from. They were brought in, most of them come from around the Niger Delta region, mm-hmm. and they were brought in for the specific purposes of growing rice. And that's one of the reasons why rice is so prevalent in the Bahamian diet, even though we never produce it. Look at you. I am so, yeah. I just need <laughs> to know, sir, that I am here yeah. for the pro African yeah. move. I just, I, I have for your shirt, your necklace, thank I, you, thank you, thank everything. You. Well, I this is it. actually a mock, you know, and um, they are one of our. I don't like to call them vendors. I like to call them partners. And the market is after my own kind. Mm-hmm. And she was at an, a recent event that they had at University of the Bahamas. And she sold out in probably an hour and a half. Yeah, all I, the clothes. Yeah, so really nice. I could give you all, all the contacts before I go. Please. So you yeah. have to tell us about your mobility program. Okay, so essentially my, my goal in that for now and what I could accomplish with the lack of capital and all that stuff is pretty much to assist in the great awakening of black consciousness in the Bahamas the best way that I can. So if you go through my page, which is called Brain Food 242, Kelly, Facebook. Facebook, Kelly is a little familiar with it. And, you know, I did a few posts, you know, and I always come with um, heavy stuff, you know. And it's not all about how the white man do this to us and how the white man whip us is actually... Mostly, mostly stories, and that's why it's called African Glory. That's the name of the entire entity. Mm-hmm. And Brain Food Two Four Two is just a Facebook page, you know. But I also offer myself up to go on radio shows, do lectures. I try to bring in people who would assist the best way that I that we see fit in um, kind of uh, promoting this pro-black agenda. So people like Dr. Umar Johnson, who's a very polarizing figure. You know what I mean? Who yeah who hits some nails on the head, who, who tells people certain things that they might not want to hear. But at the end of the day, I think that any self-respecting black person needs to learn how to be indifferent with people who genuinely stick in their necks out, you know, on our behalf. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because we can be indifferent with Mahatma Gandhi. And I, I don't want to get into him. I exactly. I can't be personally either. We can be indifferent with Aristotle. We can be indifferent with John Locke and Hegel. All these people. You know what I mean? Gen- not probably us, but generally speaking. But they can't be indifferent with I someone like... Even someone like, like Malcolm X. 
Oh, because well, Gandhi oh. is a racist and a pedophile. Yes, actually. he is. An, an, an incestual pedophile, I mean. Ah, yeah. there we are. His, his own nieces um, were two of the victims that he made sleep with him in the bed. And, you know, um, a part of, and I'm not knocking anyone's religion or belief, because um, he is one man. He's not a representation of all Hindus. I want to make that clear. Mm. But a part of their belief is using this physical restraint. So a lot of it would be a kind of culture shocked us because you would see them doing things that we would see as mutilation, but they really doing it to show their connection with their God. And Mahatma Gandhi kind of used that as a as a blanket to disguise what he's really doing, which was sleeping with little prepubescent girls, some of which were in his um, own immediate family. You know, and that's so, just the truth of it. Yeah. So when you had your event with um, Dr. Umar Johnson, was mm-hmm. it like a discussion kind of panel or was he just like talking? Like- well, we did many things, actually. We, we went to a Catherine on the Thursday. We spent like a full school day there. Mm-hmm. We had a panel style discussion there at the end of the trip with people like uh, that was organized by uh, Miss Grace Spence, myself, of course, my girlfriend, Queen tomorrow, you know, um, uh, Jacinta Higgs, you know, many of us were involved in that. Okay. And it was a panel discussion with a man by the name of Priest Blyden, one of the most famous uh, Rastas on the island. Mm-hmm. And Priest Blyden is actually the grandson of a great Pan-Africanist leader, Edward Mil- Wilmot Blyden. So if that Blyden name sounds familiar to y'all, mm-hmm. he is actually the grandson of him, and he lives right here in the Bahamas, and now he's a Bobo Shanti priest. It was him, Muda Baruka. I'm not sure if you're all familiar with him, but most people familiar with him from speaking on reggae tracks, and he's a famous Jamaican poet, another man named Yasa Safari, and of course, um, Dr. Umar Johnson. And in the first um, show we did there, I did a little thing about Fox Hill and the Peter Mowell slave ship and the connection and the people who build the churches and the whole nine. It was really exciting. We went uh, and we releasing this video soon, and I could definitely share it with you all. A lot of videos already on the site about it, but um, we actually um, made a little bit of history and Dr. Umar Johnson was the first pro-black figure of note to go to San Salvador. And what we did is we went there, and we, uh, I'll just put it this way, we contextualize uh, Christopher Columbus. And oh, I, that oh, sounds yeah. exciting. And I'll share some of the info with you all now mm-hmm. if you all want to. I know we had a little plan, but... <laughs> you know we can get, I mean? get yeah. into that when we start you know talking I mean? about yeah, the topic. But, um, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. do you want to... Share with us your unpopular opinion. It's something we ask all of our guests on the show. Everyone well, must share their unpopular yeah. well, opinion. I, well, you know we was talking about if it can be a heavy yeah, one or a light one. Give us a heavy. You can give I us a light one, but then give a give. Yeah. I, I give both, okay? Wow, so the, so the heavy one first, and then no, I give the light one. The light one first? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just say that this is a moment um, in history for gouts because you would be mm-hmm. the first person sharing two. Yeah, two popular right. Um, so yes. oh man, so okay, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Okay, so you say the light one first. Yeah. Okay, the light one is. I don't like pineapple, but like I think you pineapples. I think pineapples pineapple. is make my throat itch, and they just. First of all, pineapples supposed to make your mouth itch, honey. That's mm-hmm. just the I, thing about I know, pineapple. I know. But How dare you not like it? But I like <laughs> pineapple juice. I just wear it like that. I don't understand it. I think it's a texture thing. <laughs> Yeah, I so that's the light one. Yeah, yeah, maybe you know what I mean. I don't know, but I could drink the juice. But however, on the next side, now the heavy one. I get it without the pineapple. Oh, without no. pineapple. Wow. Yeah. I mango. I like the mango in it. The mango and everything is good, but yeah. All right. Now you're ready for the heavy one. Okay, the heavy one is, in my opinion. If this I had to, no, this ain't a humble opinion. This a this a this a this an apologetic <laughs> opinion, okay? And in my opinion, especially I can speak to the Bahamas. Let me say, in terms when because a couple of people has asked me if I could put my finger on one thing, if I could just do away with one thing, one thing that is plague our community, one thing that's discourage of our community, I would say that that is our interpretation of the Bible. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I saying to throw it in the garbage, but I saying some of it does need to get thrown in the garbage, oh, and some boy, of it, and some of it does. Yeah, like the book of Judges and stuff where they talking about virgin and stuff. You know, I need to get into that. Mm-hmm. You know, I sure you all know what I talking about. But of course, thou shall not kill. It's something that we could all agree with. You know what I mean? So, I think that our interpretation of the Bible then and now has always been and continues to be one of the biggest plagues within our society and people the slave master give it to us and use it 
to perpetuate certain lies and propaganda against ourselves and to separate us and all these things. And we almost continue that on and almost magnify it. You know what I mean? And and the church could go right along with the Bible as well. You know, and the church... Yeah, you know, so, and see, the church gives nothing back, and yet it's the most important institution in our communities. Hate it or love it, that's the truth. The church is the most important institution in the black Mm -hmm. community, yet it don't give us anything back. We have pastors here who have private jets and have congregations of less than a thousand people. How does that happen? You understand what I'm saying? But yet, when Grammy died, we still got to pay him to do that speech at Grammy funeral. It's, cra- it's crazy, you know what I mean? So we have to have a, a great awakening. And that whole religious thing, we need to, that need to get put on the back burner. And that's why I say that. So we need to be African first, everything else comes second, and that's my honest opinion. So you could be Christian, Muslim, Rasta, atheist, anything like that, man, woman, everything in between. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could be anything, any sexual orientation, anything like that. You got to be African first, and that has to come before everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the problem is that a lot of us, we could see racism and know it and acknowledge it, but it's like it ain't a problem. And a famous saying that goes around, one that has been popularized by Dr. Umar Johnson, actually, is until black people hate racism more than they hate themselves, nothing will change. You know, and the Bible <laughs> plays a central role in us hating ourselves, and that's I don't I don't have time I don't even have time to get into how it does right. that right now. Right. Yeah. But things like the curse of harm, you know, it's all over. And it's been for what it's done to the black man, it's been tenfold for the black woman. Yeah. You did Ain't say that true. was heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That was heavy, but yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's, so that's, that's it. That's it. Yes. Yes. Very unpopular. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it is unpopular. I told you. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So the bulk of this podcast is meant to be about reparations in mm-hmm. terms of slavery. Amanda made a very good point when we were talking about, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, I'm not be asking questions. I need to be sure. Yeah. Before I do, let's go Google. FYI, in case any of y'all want to see and they like the 10 points right there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those yeah, are the 10 yeah, points. Okay. So, yeah, um, reparations are the act of making amends, too, so too, offering expiation, <laughs> or giving satisfaction for a injury or wrong. Specifically, the compensation in money or materials payable by a defeated nation for damages for the expenditures sustained by the defeated nation, I mean, by another nation as a result of hostilities with the defected nation. So essentially, so the essentially, slave owners given the Africans and the slaves money to make up for all of those years right. of slavery. In mm-hmm. the context of yeah. slavery. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so first of all, um, I very split on that monetary compensation aspect of it. The main reason I am, and I have to speak truthfully, yeah. especially in the Bahamas, I see, I'll say. Um, one of the main reasons is, and I can say it frankly in layman's terms, we can go, if we get a million dollars each in our pocket right now, we can go right back and give it back to the white man. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I mean to say this. We can buy Benzes, who owns Mercedes Benz. Mm-hmm. You know, we can put it in Commonwealth Bank and Royal Bank of Canada and Scotia Bank. You know what I mean? Um, we can buy Gucci. We can buy Fendi. You understand what I'm saying? Too. All of these okay, things. Honey. You know what I mean? We can do a lot of things that really in you know, and that's that was a problem even and a big difference when you look at the difference between desegregation and integration. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you look at the bus companies in North Carolina, right after dese- right after integration, I should say, which was them bringing black people into their fold, essentially, in a kind of patriarchal type of way. All the bus companies in North Carolina, the black ones, went out of business because everyone couldn't wait to go ride on these nice buses with AC and tired of riding on the rickety buses. Not to say that they hated the black business owner, but, you know, and you can't even blame them. You know what I mean? You're walking and suffering all these years, and finally, you all boycott and all this hard work. You want to go ride on that bus with the AC. You know what I mean? But we have to learn from stuff like that. We have to. So, when, so that monetary thing, and, monet, and so that's the major reason. We don't have any of the institutions to keep that money within yeah. our community. And then secondly, it should, money runs out. 
But yeah. what is what was done to us does not right, run out. Right, that's that's my issue. I we, think that a we, monetary exactly. conversation is mm-hmm. insulting. The yeah. president of Senegal, Thank President you. Wade, he he exactly. said it as well when it yeah. was brought to him. It's insulting. It makes it seems like a number or mm-hmm. any amount of money can make what our people went through Thank you. cease to exist. And that's yeah. what, like, when I read it and you know heard mm-hmm. about, it, I was like, "That's cool." Exactly. And I yeah. hear you. And yes, yes these people deserve something. Thank you. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. it wasn't me. It might yeah. not have been my grammy, but when I think about you giving someone money for mm-hmm. slavery, I d- mm. yeah. see. I think it should be. I think the monetary part needs to be on a lower level and when i say lower level i mean not on the governmental level mm-hmm. low it has to come from corporations and businesses who were spawned and built out of slavery and it even has to go and that's why i say when people talk reparations this caricom 10 point plan only really deals a lot on the governmental political kind of you know surface level exactly you know and and like i said i don't put any punches we know a lot of bahamian families here they get white people and they get black people right and the reality is a lot of these white people are the descendants of the slave masters mm-hmm. of a lot of these black people so if we honestly and truly was to get down to the nitty-gritty mm-hmm. and on the scale of justice do you really think that many of the people even right here in the bahamas would be willing to come first of all to even acknowledge the truth of that history on exactly and secondly to even say oh well yeah that happened Mother sick, I get all this land in the Lutra and your family's enslaved here. Well, how about I give you some, give of, you some of this land and give you a little piece of this port and give you a little piece of this big convenience store and all. no, no, it's not going to happen. So for me, it's a, it's, it's, it requires a lot of discussion. And sorry, before you ask the no, question, and the white involvement should, and in my opinion, should not be anything more than us to speak in layman's term. There's how much we need to do this. Okay, now you all stay over there. Okay, yeah, you're all right there. This us controlling this and this us doing this. And even with the CARICOM deal, mm-hmm. you still get the sense that we really ain't calling the shots. No, of course, especially with the you response I mean? to the deal. Exactly. We're not calling the shots in that deal, and it should be something where we call the shots. It should be something where, you know, like you catch a thief in your house at night. You, the person who is being stolen from will always win that fight because it's just something in human nature. Like, yeah, you're yeah. stealing from me and you wrong. So, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that is the way it should be. But people don't even realize the level of arrogance in some ways. And that's why, to reiterate, Dr. Umar Johnson, Renoko Rashidi, Dr. Henry Clark, and all these people, they often say that neocolonialism in many ways is a lot more dangerous than colonialism because you don't know the enemy is still real and it's still present, but you can't see for who it is. Because you even have white people who empathize and sympathize and who are more socially conscious than other white people. Right. You understand what I'm saying? But like, even them who want to generally help, the system is so entrenched in so many ways. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. sorry, I know you had a question. Really I just, I yeah, just yeah. So I was reading and I saw some of the arguments that people made when um, doctor, not doctor, I'm going to say doctor, Mr. Conyers would have tried to do the reparations bill every day since, mm-hmm. I think it was in 1989 up to 2017, every yeah. year he would try to get this bill yeah. passed in the U.S. and every year it was unsuccessful. unsuccessful. Yeah, yep. And I read some of the arguments for it and I want to know you guys' opinion, but mm-hmm. I want to know it in one sentence from Christopher, Kelly, and Michelle. Okay. I want you to... Respond to this art to these arguments with one sentence. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, the first argument is from Dinesh DeSova, and the reason that this person was not fond of reparations in the U.S. is because they feel as though African Americans are vastly better off than they would have been had they not <laughs> been captured under European rule, oh. because African Americans generally live better than Africans on average. Oh man. Kelly, one sentence to respond to that. I know some Africans who got plenty, plenty, plenty money. Michelle, what they think this is? <laughs> Christopher, one sentence. Well, Michelle answered with a question. So one sentence. Yeah. One sentence answer that we're vastly better off than had we not been captured. To make a statement like that would be like if some aliens came to the Bahamas. And conquered the Bahamas and they took over Nassau, Freeport, and Grand Bahama. And they forget about Orange Creek, Kid Island. And then 200 years later, 
they come back to Orange Creek Kid Island and say, let's look at Bahamian history and how Bahamians used to live. You know, they don't go to Nassau with the cars and stuff like that. That's in parentheses, so there's still a sentence. <laughs> right? But then if they come 200 years later after conquering the Bahamas and they just go to Orange Creek Kid Island, they say, oh, well, all they used to do is just fish and live off subsistence farming. They didn't have any buildings. Thank God we came to the Bahamas mm. and saved these poor Bahamians <laughs> from their savagery. Okay, just so, raking salt okay, and fishing. I have a question for Get the hell out there and stop cooning. That's what I say. Oh. Well, yeah. there we are. That's the sentence. Get the hell out of here and <laughs> stop cooning. Yeah. So I have a question for y'all as well. Okay, so since you, well, I guess maybe not you because you, I don't know if you agree with this statement, Michelle, as well. But like since you guys feel as though, um, you know, monetarily it's not enough, yeah. what exactly is enough would be enough i don't think anything would be enough to be exactly honest. You have so, hundred thousand so years of what mm-hmm. can you do yeah what can you do to make up for that All but you don't you do think a little bit of can. money yeah but that's why i say because the reality yeah. is the world functions and runs on money economics you know in okay. economics so if, so f- let's look at it for example you have uh, people who live in Gambia Village right now. Gambia Village, you know, you have many descendants of slaves who live in Gambia Village, and you also have free blacks, liberated Africans, and black loyalists who all settled around these areas. You know what I mean? But look at their situation now, and look at the people who live in their immediate area. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. So, and I'm not trying to say that people in Gambia can't do for themselves, right. not a, of course, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, if you have someone who is impoverished and they are descendants of slaves, that is why they are impoverished. You look at the first, to, even to, to reiterate what I was saying earlier, you look at what explorers said who walked through Africa, who before this racist propaganda was entrenched in everyone's head, they say they walked through Africa and didn't see one beggar, didn't see one family or child without a home, not one. You understand what I'm saying? Like, the man, it's, it's, it's crazy to, to, to hear that. You know what I mean? I think that person one, right there need to learn about themselves. Person, yeah, I have another like, argument, but yeah. to answer Kelly's question, yeah. I think the one thing that would be better than a monetary compensation is the one thing that slavery would have erased, and that's equality. Yeah. I think the only thing that can replace those years mm-hmm. is genuine, authentic equality between exactly. yeah. the two. Yeah. But, like I said, the one thing that can fix it is the mm-hmm. one thing that it would have erased. Yeah. Well, one so the money good now, because they, uh, they be giving up plenty of money. They love yeah, to give these exactly. people. They love to give Native Americans mm-hmm. money. They love to give Japanese Americans money. They love mm-hmm. to give the Germans money. Yep. But not the, the Germans. Euro- they love European to give the Jewish, Jewish money. The European Jews, but when it yeah. comes to paying black, black slaves back, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that the reason they're not for it, rega- regardless of the arguments, I honestly mm-hmm. think that the reason they're not for it is because... If they had a problem giving out the money they gave, the money they will have to give to African slaves, yeah, that ain't corn they have as, exa- a, as a powerful yeah, country. That yeah. ain't corn they have. They'll no, be giving that corn for exactly. a long yeah. time. Because you have a lot of things to take into account. Mm-hmm. You know? That ain't no little... You, okay. first, first of all, you have the direct economic um, budding of certain companies and corporations and families and countries that were built on the transatlantic slave trade, like Great Britain, France, Holland, the whole nine, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have it down to the level of where you think about the hours of labor. The hours of free labor. That is something that you can... How, how do you even quantify that? Exactly. Working on a, on a salt plantation. And some have tried and they've Long been Key. told it's, no. It's, it's, it's almost... Yeah, the Jamaicans like, from the yeah. Beverly Moores group, they mm-hmm. would have built the, in- the infrastructure for the nation. They told Britain, yep. you know... We yeah. want seventy point five billion. The yeah. same Britain that came mm-hmm. back years later and said, We're wow. so sorry for our role and they cried and their apologies told them, Garbage. Well we can't be held accountable for the things yeah. that happened in the past. Can't you though? Because you yeah. you yeah. say you're sorry. Thank you. Yeah. you crying on TV <laughs> not to call no yeah. names Tony Blair, honey. Yeah. You so I sorry really but it. you can't be, you know, yeah. Well, well, I have another question. Crazy. But it's a lot of it's a lot of proof that they're not sorry. Even when you mm-hmm. look at England now, you go to any of their museums right now, it's loaded with stuff that they have from Africa. Mm-hmm. And even recently now, Ethiopia was trying to get their stuff back. You know what I mean? And they said, oh, well, you know, you, you could have it back on loan. It's right. absolutely ridiculous. You know what like I mean? What, what do you mean? And loan? the priorities are all messed up. They claim liberty and equality and all this stuff and pointing other fingers at other people about they're not democratic enough and at the same time, 
they prove time and time again, just in more subtle ways today, that they have no interest in the liberation of our African or black people. You know what I mean? And that's so and that's a harsh reality. So that's why I say when we get down to the nitty gritty, what is really gonna be the response? And like you said this now, Tony Blair is on TV crying. One little community in, in Jamaica. He apologized. Exactly. And then Ken Livingston, he would have come back yeah. in two thousand seven. Same <laughs> apology, boo hoo hooing. Yeah, but honey, wh- where are the coins? Thank you. Where nope. are the coins? And if it you're goes so, so sorry. far beyond that. If they were serious, every person who was a descendant, a per- a person who was enslaved by Britain would have told total exemption and coming right. to Britain he, as, an, as yeah. a migrant. All of these yeah. things. You know said, what I mean? Like, you can serious? see where the slave wealth still mm-hmm. is here. You can see where mm-hmm. that money went and how people are still you can see benefiting that from it. Then and you, then he still <laughs> simply just ended it with exactly. my bar. They should take the soccer team as a sign. They open up the soccer team. They let a bunch of Jamaicans and Guyanese and things play for the soccer team. Mm-hmm. And they made the semifinals of the World Cup. So <laughs> they start letting some of their mm-hmm. former slaves back in some more. You know, they might the country might might actually be great for the first time. <laughs> My gosh. Yeah. Kelly, what was your question? <laughs> My question was, um, mm-hmm. I don't really know if it was so much a question or just something that I was hoping people would comment yeah. on, but it's kind of just along the lines of you know, you were saying, do they really have the money to pay back what they would essentially owe? Mm-hmm. Was that um, was that a thought when yeah, the fr- yeah exactly when the French well, made right. Haiti yeah. pay all the money that You're they right. was paying mm-hmm. for forever yeah. no y'all could go broke too run yeah. me all y'all pockets Over you know they, was, 20, they, was, paying, yes. they yeah. was paying reparations to France up until the 1970s yeah. and that's crazy and, to me yeah and yeah it is absolutely nuts they actually beat Napoleon you know what I mean that's what a lot of people don't know they beat England and Spain. They fought them simultaneously for 14 years. They was out here whooping tail, honey. Yeah. The Haitian Revolution, in my opinion, is the most profound event, not only in black history, but in human history. I agree. And the reason why we hate them so much, obviously, is because of these things, you know. And until yeah. black people wake up to these things. Slowly, I mean? it's happening. We, it is yeah. happening. Even though Pop Roland Simonet. Oh, then I get called nationally. I want y'all to give me a sentence with this argument. Yeah. We're going to start with Kelly, sentence. then Michelle, then Chris. I can one, try to keep it to a sentence. sentence. <laughs> Kevin Williamson said, people Here who are owed that reparation yeah. are dead. Our duty is only to the living and the future generations. They are better served by liberty and prosperity and not moral theory. And an argument against slave reparations. Oh, this has to be one sentence. I forgot. Yeah. Michelle? I have a good one for him. I can go last. (laughs) Chris, what is your one sentence to his argument that we don't, we only owe the people now? We don't. Those people are dead. Who would need it? Talk what you know. Semicolon. (laughs) (laughs) He can remember all the punctuation. (laughs) Parentheses, semicolon. You know what I mean? And you cannot look. At the 18th, 19th, 17th century with a 21st century mindset. I want to say that so trauma, Kevin Williamson. Kevin yeah. Williamson, trauma is hereditary. Exactly. I still, sorry, wait, that was a semicolon. Another colon, and yeah, the whole <laughs> body. Um, I still have to live in a post-slavery world where I am impoverished. My people are impoverished because their ancestors mm-hmm. were working for free. Mm-hmm. Should I do yeah. up a sentence? Because right. I have a choice for y'all. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, I kind of feel the same way Kelly does. It doesn't matter if they're they're dead or not. We here, mm-hmm. we ain't dead. We are, still affected we are them, though. By that. They are our ancestors. We are them. And to add to what he's saying, see, why is say talk what you know? You know what I mean? I can use England as an example again. You know what I mean? They have two cities in, in, in England, Liverpool and Bristol. Liverpool is known as like the Beverly Hills of England. It's mm-hmm. a very posh area, and so is Bristol. Port City. They are directly tied, like unequivocally, to profits from the slave trade. There's no argument. You look at Wall Street in New York. That was literally physically built by the hands of Africans. And it was figuratively built by Africans because they were trading indigo, Bahamian salt, tobacco, you understand, sugar. These are the things that were traded on the stock exchange when the New York when they first started all this stuff. 
Like it's it's ridiculous. Like Jack Daniels, KFC, all you have exactly, so much corporations yeah. that are rooted in slavery, and they still are. And the thing they about they still that, are today. All these chocolate companies, Coltan, and every cell phone and we, and it's still the same thing. And the thing about that is, there are a lot of American corporations that benefit from mm-hmm. slave owners that were based in the Caribbean. Exactly. So, like. Why is it that we're only looking to the UK for reparations right, when yeah. a slave owner from Antigua mm-hmm. was the person that um, gave the initial funding for Harvard University? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. y'all need to run a saw check too, yeah. to be honest. Exactly. So y'all want to hear the last argument from a man named... I give y'all a name. Y'all tell me if y'all want to hear it. From an American man named David Horowitz or from a Canadian man named David Frum. Bear in mind that obviously the U.S. and Canada have both already paid reparations. To That's countries. what they, to, to who to who, who went out. Well, I'll give you those later. Yeah. Horowitz, or the man <laughs> from Canada. <laughs> I, you I get it? You get it? Hor- oh, honey. Oh, you want Horowitz? No, I want to hear what the Canadian is saying. Because I love some good I old Canadian racism. Let's well, go. The That's Canadians. the nice one, you see. <laughs> Canadians who's out here giving money and land to other people for what they do to them. Please tell me they're talking with the natives. Cause I would. Child David was like, I have five problems with reparations, and so get your notebooks out. His first issue is that it'll be a slippery slope. It'll open floodgates for other minorities to make the same claim. He then mentioned women and Hispanics. <laughs> His second reason is deciding who qualifies That's will so be racist. impossible. What? His third reason is... No, what he said, the second one was what? Deciding who qualifies for these slave reparations would be impossible. His third argument is the side effects. It's going to make black people not want to work. And that in in itself encourages a predatory mind style and behavior. His fourth argument is it will further, further exasperate the inequalities in society. And his last... His last argument is that the logistical problems in money distribution, essentially what he's saying is the money, the people who handle that money going out will decide where that money goes and who gets how much, and that will lead to problems. So that's what David from Canada thinks about reparations. Say why we should not Okay, go. so one, y'all, y'all, just the one sentence thing, or yes. I can answer freely. I mean, mm. David just gave us a whole fucking mouthful. Yeah. Like, he just yeah. gave us a whole like to go goddamn point by point. MLA Each point ain't going to be too long. Uh, okay, yeah, let's yeah. do one sentence for one point. So, slippery slope, opening floodgates for women and Hispanics and people like that. One? That's yeah, number one. one. That right there is just straight up racist. For them, for him to imply that it's like a slippery slope. Exactly. The, the point of them, they have a they have a legitimate grievance. They have legitimate claims for reparations. It's absolutely ridiculous. He forgets that his, many of the Hispanics are actually Native Americans and they just use these different terminologies for people to forget that. Mm-hmm. They was there before them and they talking about they don't need no reparations. Yeah, that's that's just straight up racist and sexist, man. I don't you know, sorry to dignify women. Like women exactly, like, like women and Hispanics. Like, what what are you okay, talking about? Sir? And as someone you know, who lives yeah. in Canada, he should know better than that yeah. because, like, the way they yeah, treat man. their native um, people now. I it's mean, cr- exactly. Like they have, they have mm-hmm. special cars and stuff that gives mm-hmm. them, that give them like privileges yeah. and stuff. Like it's not it's hard to delineate they, someone's they, heritage. Yeah, they like, have, they have, they call it reserves, but in actuality, they are concentration camps. Okay, mm-hmm. no, that's no. what they are. They are concentration camps. But anyway, second Deciding point: who qualifies will be impossible. That's quite possible. What's your last name? Moxie. Okay. What's your last name, ma? No. <sighs> No. <laughs> was here to Gregory, right? And my last name is Davis. Are those African names? That ain't supposed to be my name. I uh, tell they, my co-workers. My last <laughs> name is <laughs> like, And they always think I'm crazy. Yeah, no, but that's the what reality. My name is like, what do you mean? Else what do you mean? Who qualifies like that? He just said it. He just, said it, he just, he just proved to us in the first my point. Spit <laughs> and tell me where the fuck I'm from. It ain't hard, David. He just proved the first point. He just proved, like saying it's important. In the first point, he just named two of the groups who, who, who deserve it. He just named two of the groups. It's going to make you know African I mean? Americans not want to work. Jeez. He's, well, to be very specific, he said the incentive to be employed will be diminished for African Americans. Notice, first of all, the incentive to be employed. He come in with that subtle Canadian racism Kelly says she loves so much. You see what I'm saying? Because if he wasn't really thinking of us, if he was thinking of us as equal, 
he would be talking about ownership well, and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And then in a pre- exactly, and then what it was, it could open up the floodgates like it'll, it'll for us to be. To yeah. Now, when you look at the whole notion of the lazy Negro, that was a propaganda that was installed on us directly mm-hmm. after slavery, mm-hmm. right through the menstrual so period, right up until now. It's a stereotype. Prevails. That actually caused the death of black people. But people die on these stereotypes throughout history. So for these clowns to just come on all willy-nilly on Facebook, like they know something and they don't know a damn thing. You know what I say? Like it, it's, it's it's frustrating. Like I don't know what else he want me to tell him. Like how like we lazy? Who build? Who build this? Like we were slaves. You all was on the porch. I tell you, like I've been working for free here because y'all did not want to do the work. That's literally why we came. So who the fuck lazy? Because y'all killed the native people to do the work. Like. She is mine. Okay. So okay. Yucking up my vaccination. Okay. All y'all getting mad. <laughs> let's let's Sorry, change yeah. the let's change the no about the culture. Yeah. Let's, what happened? We don't have the reparations that were given out, not to black people. We we like forty minutes. Yeah, we, we forty minutes in there. Yeah. yeah. So we gotta move through the points. Yeah, we, 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 we gotta we the part is supposed to be forty five minutes. We need to talk with this twenty one by seven. Okay, okay. yeah. So yeah, today Amanda isn't giving it to you because she didn't really even know we was doing it. Right. I didn't even really know we was doing it until today when Chris he messaged me and he was like, I really wanna talk, but this Roland Simonette shit. Yeah. That's exactly what I said too, Jay. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, Okay, well let's make it a twenty one by seven. Yeah, so So tell us what happened first. First of all, before I even start I see a lot of snakes going around talking about, oh, well, you know, Roland Simonette was black anyway, right? So, no, 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 don't even start so, here. Tell us so, what happened. Uh, oh, what why, happened? Why are we, why are we talking about why him? Because they're trying to make him? him a national hero, which he was actually, in my opinion, a national villain. I will make that clear. A national villain, not a national hero. He fought, and even not even from a racist standpoint, which I'm going to get into, but he fought the women's vote. He fought equal pay for, for Bahamians, you know, in comparison to foreign workers who we still call expats, but we call the white ones expats. <laughs> Everyone else is, you know, immigrants or whatever you decide <laughs> to call them. But that's a story for another day. Yes. You know what I mean? So, and this man, I mean, you know, people accuse, people accuse Lyndon Pennon of all these things that are quite ambiguous, you know what I mean? But this man was blatantly helping Al Capone, like he helped Al Capone rise to the power that he came to. This brutal, nefarious criminal. You look at Bimini, you look at Greycliff right there, that was owned by Al Capone, little sweetheart. And they used to store rum there. Who owned them ports? You understand what I'm saying? Why is his why is it why was his house sold and why was it called Lucky Luciano? Who was Lucky Luciano? Y'all know who he was? Lucky Luciano was a big time gangster and mobster in Chicago. Well, these are things that I did not know. You see what I'm saying? Like, this, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> that's how, that, that's one of the big re- ways they got rich. Mm-hmm. All the land they take from people, Grammy and Grumpa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's crazy. And people, and, and this this the part of it, and, I, and people ain't like me for saying this, but this is the truth. You, we, we know you have a right side of history mm-hmm. and a wrong side of history, right? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to me to see that we have black people bragging about this cozy relationship that their grandparents or parents had with Roland Simonet. Mm. So if you hear it in a different perspective now, you understand any other different country, they have their white oppressive group that was oppressing them. Because for some reason, Bahamians could see and accept racism Everywhere. on their doorstep and mad at Donald Trump and they mad yeah. in South Africa and they mad at all this and can't see the same thing right here right. at our feet. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, and these black people actually bragging about this cozy relationship, not realizing that it's a, some shame to be hard in that. But a lot of them don't see it because exactly. they don't know about it. Thank, you know what I mean? Like, if you if you was a black person who was up cozy <laughs> with Roland Simonette and Stafford Sands, that does, not, that does not say anything good about you from a black perspective. I'll use my own grand-auntie as an example. My grandfather's sister was a diehard UBP. Talk about how much, how much she loved Godfrey Kelly, how much she loved all these, all these UBP fellas. Mm. But to this day, right now, she, she, God rest her, but you know, she, she ain't doing too well right now. Mm. You think we could see any of them right now? Nope. Who you think taking care of right now? Where she got a house in Old Bay, Kid Island, living in the same house all her life with her husband. In a little house, mm-hmm. farming themselves all their life. And these fellas used to come around, bring a couple of people, one ham and one turkey. You know what I mean? And the reality is a lot of us 
we're very it is is a big psychological thing that was done to us too and white is still right in the bahamas White is still right, and the fact that you have black people who was even alive at the time writing books talking about modern perspective of the UBP, it's crazy to me. I, I, it's like we lack, we don't have any semblance. Some of us, some of us, don't have any semblance of black pride or African pride spitting on the grave of our, of our ancestors. So what you mm-hmm. think? What you think? Adeline Ambrister, the last of the Valiant Three, Godfrey Kelly and Roland Simner and all them gone to Kid Island. Swing them out, these women them out they land. Mm. You understand what I saying? Right with Roland Simonet at the helm, and they lock these women them up for fighting on their own behalf. And I know some of their descendants today, and most of their descendants ain't living how they should be living, and that's because of that incident right there. Right. They saying no game. You see what I saying? Your 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 comfort zone and your comfort level don't mean nothing to me compared to the to the to the grief. And the suffering of my grandparents. All us know the stories, but all the black families that used to live down Eastern Road. So why they don't live there like that no more? Nobody's living them house on the Eastern Road no more. All right then. You know what I mean? So so these are things we gotta get get down with. You know what I mean? From from the growth, from what we call white growth, go straight to life. It keeps all slave plantations. Tusculum, Clifton, um, Lyford Plantation. Old Fort Bay, like I, I call it Old Fort Bay. All of these places, <laughs> right? Yeah, man. Like, yeah, man. like it's, it's key. you know what I mean? And then it's like we are wrong for having any semblance of frustration for being angry about it. Mm-hmm. And all I doing is sitting down in this little room race. with the four of us talking. But it don't matter. We got we got people talking about they don't see color. When the world sees color. I hate mm-hmm. to have Exactly. Let's be blatantly honest now. I even I have some white friends, but the blatantly honest truth is the general experience for the black Bahamian is drastically different than that of the white Bahamian, and that is the truth. It is the truth. How many white Bahamians who live no live over the hill outside of that Sanville Palmdale Palmdale area? That's what that what that That's wall running along Mason Edition represent? Mm-hmm. And we used to do these mental gymnastics to make ourselves seem like, oh well, you know, our history wasn't that rough. You know, it wasn't racial. I, I encountered a fellow the other day who told me that the UBP did not discriminate based on race. Goodbye. I, I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I, and, and this was a fella in his 60s. Man. Like you was born during yeah. the UBP regime, you know, but I talked to a man, like, for example, a man by the name of Mr. Ramsey. He's be by the number 10 bus stop every day, about 89 years old. This fella tell me how these fellas used to call the police on him for trying to shine their shoes. How he had to run from the police and jump in the water. The police star Johnny had to turn around, save the police and all that. They celebrating. Yeah, they celebrating after the general strike. They doing a rush out from Fox Hill going down. The same route I take coming down Fox Hill, going up to take that left on Parkgate and go down Camp Road. Mm. And all the people in Blair and then calling the police on them. This in the 1950s and 60s when they used to call Junkanoo Obia. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So that puts a lot in perspective for you too. Mm-hmm. West African religion in the Bahamas is illegal, even for restoring a person to health. It's absolutely crazy. It's illegal. West African religion. Religion is, is illegal, illegal in, in the, the Bahamas, Bahamas. Mm-hmm. even for restoring a person to health. Wow. So all us who like to drink sorcery, so like why? You know. That is just a part of our indoctrination. Like West African religion played an important role for us during All slavery like and our Cersei. liberation. When you look Going at to jail. and especially after the Haitian Revolution, that was when they really lock it down. It was even punishable by death in many of the British colonies. You understand what I'm saying? Because the they, they identified anything that was African that they did not understand as voodoo or obia, mm. hoodoo in Georgia, voodoo in New Orleans, voodoo in Haiti, obia in Jamaica, obia in Bahamas. However, you have places like French Guyana and places like Suriname where obia has zero negative connotations to the word. And the word comes from an Akan word, obifaya or something like that, something similar to that. Excuse my mispronunciation. Mm-hmm. A part of our colonization is we can't speak the languages we're supposed to be speaking. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But so that's neither here nor there. But it really means the one who possesses the power of the spirits. These were things that were central in our liberation. Mm-hmm. And they did not want us. It was a deliberate attempt to, quote-unquote, Christianize us. Deliberate yeah. attempts. They force us in the schools and shove these and um, these certain indoctrinations down our throat. Yeah. And to this day, 
when I that's something I could talk, we all need a whole another yeah. podcast we, for that. I tell you, you invite, know, invite and you even the people who've written books about it have very, very poor understanding. One of the most famous books, as much as I love the book, as much as I learned from the book, no disrespect to the man at all, but he's writing in the 1970s. I might have written a book that was even worse, a worse of an interpretation. The first part of his book, he giving you a disclaimer, being like, oh, well, you know, I don't do that Obia thing. He's a good Anglican Christian boy, mm-hmm. so I don't do that, you know, and there's no relationship between Bush Madison and Obia. I want to make that clear, but he only say that because his stigma is so strong and he know he is bringing Bush Madison. We came over here, chiefly the African women, with ancient West African pharmacologies. They have stories when the Europeans used to be bloodletting of them calling Boy. mommy from the backyard to use her herbs and her spices. The same thing they demonizing when they're on their deathbed, they calling it. We had superior medicine to them up until the 1930s. This ain't no game. So they need to be our national you know? heroes and not But racist. rolling Simonettes? Oh, rolling who? Roland Simonette, he was a big time Nazi sympathizer. This ain't no game. What? Big time Nazi, Nazi sympathizer. sympathizer. Him and Stafford Sands were like this, right? Mm. Him and Stafford Sands were pretty much seen as the two people who were unofficially or officially running the country. Stafford Sands and one of their consultants was a man by the name of Hajimal Schatz. And this is no secret. If you look at Stafford Sands' Wikipedia page, he have a picture with Hajimal Schatz. Goodbye. Who was this man? This anyway. Was, this was Hitler's <laughs> chief propagandist when he became I the am. chancellor of Germany when he was voted in. He so, wrote books about keeping... This us, is very deep. You know? Like this has been <laughs> see, I could go on and on, a podcast. Sorry, I don't, I don't want to take one. <laughs> you know? Sorry, yeah. sorry. I yeah. just, these are I, things that yeah, guys you know, go go on the internet look it up i because yeah. i can do that right oh, yeah, the fuck please. now um I, please. I just i just i you just take I my whole go on stafford Sands page right now and look at who his picture is there wow. and wow. look at how we as we say in the bombers lotion and this big time nazi lotion and nazi you know what i mean this Telling you, man, it's crazy. Stop yeah. liking Nazis. This yeah. has been a pod called Gals, brought to you by the 10th year seniors. You can follow us on Instagram Thanks at Gals me, Pod. I appreciate we, it. We, we appreciated your company <laughs> today. You. you can follow us on Thank Twitter at Gals Pod, Facebook, mm-hmm. just Gals. Yeah, and check out African Abube, www.facebook.com forward slash A F R I K A N E B U B E African Abube. And brain food two four two. Brain food two four two. That's us right there. And stay tuned for more.